Hi everyone, welcome to another uh, Sunday Zoom meeting and indeed another podcast episode. And um, last week we did something different and we attempted to bring all the learning and the studying um, that we have been doing over the last year and quite intensely over the last three and a half months or so. Uh, we, we, we try to bring all that um, to bear as an experience because we have been masterclassing the life out of this idea of learning to be that which can look at your ego without judging it, because that's what takes you into the holy instant uh, with Jesus or the Holy Spirit. And last week was an attempt just to put a toe in the water in terms of an experience of what it is to be the decision maker joined with the Holy Spirit as a non-judgmental observer rather than the decision maker joined with the ego as an insane voice talking to itself in your mind. So last week was a little toe in the water with that. And we just want to, you know, go in this week sort of up to our ankles a little bit <laughs> and sort of gradually uh, become acclimatized to this idea that there is a you that's not your thoughts or your feelings or the sensations or the stories or the histories or anything like that. So I, I think really each week for a little bit, I want to try and build on that more and more. And so we're going to do a little bit of that um, towards the end. But first of all, I want to build on last week's discussion and indeed last week's experience of awareness that there is a you present in your mind always that is not the insane voice talking to itself and that cannot be affected by the insane voice talking to itself. Um, and so I want to do some some readings from the course that that sort of bear on this considerably. So the first thing we're going to read is I know some of you like to read along. Um, so this is from lesson 152 and I'm starting on paragraph five. As God created you, you must remain unchangeable. With transitory states by definition false. And that includes all shifts in feeling, alterations in conditions of the body and the mind, in all awareness and in all response. This is the all-inclusiveness which sets the truth apart from falsehood. And the false kept separate from the truth as what it is. So, Last week we talked about, you know, we did this inquiry and it's like, you know, who is, who is the I uh, that's upset right now? Who is the I that's angry? Who is the I that's um, embarrassed? And we did an investigation and it was like, well, am I the body? And we established last week that you could have, you know, parts of your body chopped off under anesthetic sewn back together again you could have your organs removed and someone else's organs transplanted into you you know we talked about how your body was completely different when you were five years old than it is now and that you were still the same eye and if you had all those alterations to your body you would still be the same eye the eye doesn't change and so we established you know the body um is not you and so we can believe jesus then when he is saying you must remain unchangeable with transitory states by definition being false 
So our body is changing constantly, constantly. And Jesus is saying, well, you know, by definition, then that's not you. That must be false. Um, and then we explore the idea of, am I my thoughts? And again, we establish that thoughts are shifting, changing, rising, falling, coming and going. And you are never shifting or changing or coming or going. You are the awareness of thoughts coming and going. But you, the I, isn't coming and going. And that means you're not your thoughts. So again, we can take Jesus at his word here when he says, as God created you, you must remain unchangeable with transitory states by definition false. So these transitory thoughts that are rising and falling, that's, that's got nothing to do with what I am, what me as an I. And then we explored the idea that, you know, what about sensations? And again, we established that, you know, I can click my fingers and I can clap my hands and there's a sensation that arises and then the, the sensation falls. But I don't arise and I don't fall. I'm not coming or going. And then we talked about emotions and we said emotions can seem to hang around a bit longer than thoughts, but they're equally ephemeral. You know, thoughts are rising, falling all of the time as well. And I'm not rising and falling. And so, again, we can take Jesus at his word here and go, well, what I am is not my thoughts. You know, I can be sad, you know, for 22 hours of the day. You know, but the sadness may not be there for two of those hours. And I don't lose anything of I when the sadness isn't there anymore. So what I am as the awareness of thoughts, feelings, sensations. Has nothing to do with thoughts, feelings or sensations. And that's what Jesus is saying to us here. You must remain unchangeable with transitory states by definition false. And that includes all shifts in feeling, alterations and conditions of the body and the mind in all awareness and in all response. This is the all-inclusiveness which sets the truth apart from falsehood. So if I want to know the truth of myself, I have to know myself, I have to separate this I out from thoughts, feelings and sensations. And our metaphor for that is being in the cinema with Jesus. And our famous expression, you know, what does it have to do with the love and peace of Jesus in my mind? What does it have to do with the me that's with Jesus in the cinema? This is what we're talking about. We're talking about the you that is changeless, that is in behind the changing thoughts, feelings, and sensations. So to continue with paragraph six, is it not strange that you believe to think you made the world you see as arrogance? God made it not. Of this you can be sure. What can he know of the ephemeral? 
the sinful and the guilty, the afraid, the suffering and lonely, and the mind that lives within a body that must die. You but accuse him of insanity to think he made a world where such things seem to have reality. He is not mad, yet only madness makes a world like this. Again, God has nothing to do with the changing, and neither do you. Except as a delusion of what you are. To think that God made chaos contradicts his will. Invented opposites to truth and suffers death to triumph over life. All this is arrogance. Humility would see at once these things are not of him. And can you see what God created not? To think you can is merely to believe you can perceive what God willed not to be. And what could be more arrogant than this? Let us today be truly humble and accept what we have made as what it is. The power of decision is our own. Decide but to accept your rightful place as co-creator of the universe, and all you think you made will disappear. What rises to awareness then will be all that there ever was, eternally as it is now, and it will take the place of self-deceptions made but to usurp the altar to the Father and Son. Again, all this ephemeral stuff, all this changing stuff, the world you're aware of rising and falling, the thoughts that are rising and falling, the emotions that are rising and falling, the sensations that are rising and falling, all put there. <laughs> Self-deceptions made but to usurp the altar to the Father and Son. But I am behind all of that. Today we practice true humility abandoning the false pretense by which the ego seeks to prove it arrogant. Only the ego can be arrogant, but truth is humble in acknowledging its mightiness, its changelessness, and its eternal wholeness, all-encompassing God's perfect gift to his beloved son. We lay aside the arrogance which says that we are sinners guilty and afraid, ashamed of what we are, and lift our hearts in true humility instead to him who has created us immaculate, like to himself in power and in love. So again, all those ideas that you're a sinner, that you're inadequate, um, that's the lie. That's the arrogance that you could possibly be that and not what God created you to be what you are in behind all of those beliefs, thoughts, feelings, sensations, stories, histories. The power of decision is our own, and we accept of him that which we are, which is not the insane voice talking to itself, and humbly recognize the Son of God, that's you. To recognize God's son implies as well that all self-concepts have been laid aside. The idea of who I am based on my past, based on what happened to me, based on what's happening now, based on what someone's doing to me. All those illusory self-concepts. 
concepts, all those self-concepts recognized as false. Their arrogance has been perceived. And in humility, the radiance of God's son, his gentleness, his perfect sinlessness, his father's love, his right to heaven and release from hell are joyously accepted as our own. Now do we join in glad acknowledgement that lies are false and only truth is true. So your thoughts are false, the feelings are false, <laughs> the sensations are false, the stories about your past, the stories about who you are and what you are and your limitations and your inadequacies. We acknowledge that lies are false and only truth is true. You are behind all of that. We think of truth alone as we arise and spend five minutes practicing its ways, encouraging our frightened minds with this. The power of decision is my own. This day I will accept myself as what my father's will created me to be. And that means I am not the insane voice talking to itself in my mind. I'm not my thoughts. I am not my body. I am not these shifting and changing emotions. I am not sensations. I am not stories about who I am. I am the changelessness in behind that. So Jesus continues, then will we wait in silence, giving up all self-deceptions as we humbly ask ourselves that he reveal himself to us. And he who never left will come again to our awareness, grateful to restore his home to God as it was meant to be. Okay, so beautiful lesson, lesson 193. So let us um, okay, this is also from uh, lesson 193. And we're going to go down to um, paragraph 10. We will attempt today to overcome a thousand seeming obstacles to peace in just one day. Let mercy come to you more quickly. Do not try to hold it off another day, another minute, or another instant. Time was made for this. Use it today for what its purpose is. Morning and night, devote what time you can to serve its proper aim, and do not let the time be less than meets your deepest need. Let's just see what I'm going to read more of. Yeah, this is the part I really like. Uh, again, this is just the, um, the lesson Jesus is bringing us through here in 193. But he says, each hour spend a little time today and in the days to come in practicing the lesson in forgiveness in the form of established in the form established for the day. And try to give it application to the happenings the hour brought so that the next one is free of the one before. So again, the hour behind you doesn't exist except in your thoughts. And the you who is aware of your thoughts is outside of time. So Jesus says, the chains of time are easily unloosened in this way. Let no one hour cast its shadow on the one that follows. 
And when that one goes, let everything that happened in its course go with it. Thus will you remain unbound in peace eternal in the world of time. Um, continuing to paragraph 13, this is the lesson God would have you learn. There is a way to look on everything that lets it be to you another step to him and to salvation of the world. To all that speaks of terror, answer thus, I will forgive and this will disappear. To every apprehension, every care and every form of suffering, repeat these selfsame words. And then you hold the key that opens heaven's gate and brings the love of God the Father down to earth at last to raise it up to heaven. Now, um, when Jesus says, to every apprehension, every care, and every form suffering, repeat these self-same words, um, you know, he's not saying that the world is going to disappear <laughs> or what appears to be happening in the dream is going to disappear. But what he's saying is all the upset will disappear. That's the important point here. Because again, forgiving means I look without judgment. Okay, so I'm back to being this awareness that's in behind the thoughts and the feelings and the sensations is changelessness and if i identify as this the thoughts and the emotions and the, all of that vanishes no story has any power over me the, the world has no power over me nothing that seems to be happening in the world has any power over me if i identify as this and again i identify as this by looking at the ego without judgment because the ego can't do that. If I'm looking at my ego without judgment, I am no longer ego and the world can't touch me. And no darkness can stand against my standing in this as my identity. Again, we have one problem, which is the decision to identify as a body and its thoughts and its feelings and its stories and its history and its grievances. And the, the one solution to everything is undo your mistaken decision to identify as that. Fall back into the changelessness. And again, Jesus is saying, to every apprehension, every care, all the things that are rising and falling, all the changing things that can't be you because you're changeless, to every apprehension, every care, and every form of suffering, repeat these self-same words, and then you hold the key that opens heaven's gate. Moving along with our readings, and this is from chapter 18, The Passing of the Dream, and uh, this is from section one, The Substitute Reality, and it's paragraph eight. And turn you to the stately calm within, where in holy stillness dwells the living God you never left and who never left you. The Holy Spirit takes you gently by the hand and retraces with you your mad journey outside yourself, leading you gently back to the truth and safety within. 
He brings all your insane projections and the wild substitutions that you have placed outside you to the truth. Thus, he reverses the course of insanity and restores you to reason. Uh, reason is the word, that, um, the symbol Jesus uses in the course for the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit's thought system. Um, and again, he's telling us here that, you know, the Holy Spirit takes you back from identifying as a body in the world, back from identifying as thoughts and feelings and sensations and stories of the past and all, all your insane substitutions and projections <laughs> that you have placed as a barrier to the truth of who you are, the changelessness in behind it all. Moving along. Uh, this is from chapter 18, The Passing of the Dream, and this time it's from section uh, 8, I Need Do Nothing. To do anything involves the body. And if you recognize you need do nothing, you have withdrawn the body's value from your mind. Here is the quick and open door through which you slip past centuries of effort and escape from time. This is the way in which sin loses all attraction right now. For here is time denied and past and future gone. Who needs do nothing has no need for time. To do nothing is to rest and make a place within you where the activity of the body ceases to demand attention. Into this place the Holy Spirit comes and there abides. He will remain when you forget and the body's activity returns to occupy your conscious mind. Now again, what I am behind, what I'm not, the changing, the ephemeral, the thoughts, the feelings, the sensations, the body, needs do nothing. Again, Jesus says we have one problem, which is that you think you're an illusion of yourself. And there's one solution. Undo that mistaken decision uh, to fall back into this, the stately calm the changeless dwelling place. And so again, we allow the Holy Spirit to take us back from identifying with the thoughts and the stories and the feelings and the sensations and the histories um, back into this, back into identifying as something else, that which is aware of it all and completely untouched by it. And here, I need do nothing. There is now nothing to do with the separate self, <laughs> there is nothing to do uh, with the world. There is nothing I need to do in the world in order to be okay. Now I'm already okay, as I always am, once I don't believe in dreams about myself. You know, and as regards the situations in, in, that are happening in my life right now, I need do nothing to be okay. Now I am okay. And I can respond to them without investment. So Jesus continues. So he has said, you know, into this place the Holy Spirit comes and there abides. He will remain when you forget and the body's activity return to occupy your conscious mind. Yet there will always be this place of rest to which you can return. And you will be more aware of this quiet center of the storm than all its raging activity. 
Now, the raging activity is the thoughts and the feelings and the emotions and the responses and the stories and all the rest of it. And, and yet you can fall back. As Jesus says, you can return to this place of rest where you need to do nothing. Which is the center of the storm and all it's raging. This quiet center in which you do nothing will remain with you, giving you rest in the midst of every busy doing on which you are sent. For from this center will you be directed how to use the body sinlessly. It is this center from which the body is absent that will keep it so in your awareness of it. So the next reading is from, I hope you can see all these are saying the same thing, from chapter 29, uh, The Awakening. This is section five, The Changeless Dwelling Place, and we're starting in paragraph one. There is a place in you where this whole world has been forgotten, where no memory of sin and of illusion lingers still. There is a place in you which time has left and echoes of eternity are heard. There is a resting place so still, no sound except a hymn to heaven rises up to gladden God the Father and the Son, where both abide, are they remembered, both, and where they are is heaven and is peace. Think not that you can change their dwelling place, for your identity abides in them, and where they are forever must you be. The changelessness of heaven is in you, so deep within that nothing in this world but passes by, unnoticed and unseen. The still infinity of endless peace surrounds you gently in its soft embrace, so strong and quiet, tranquil, tranquil in the might of its creator. Nothing can intrude upon the sacred Son of God within. Here is the role the Holy Spirit gives to you who will wait upon the Son of God and would behold him waken and be glad. Um, the he here has a small um, H, and so we're talking about your brother. He is a part of you and you of him. Because he is his father's son and not for any purpose you may see in him. Nothing is asked of you but to accept the changeless and eternal that abide in him, for your identity is there. And so in the same way that you are not the movie character, the thoughts, the feelings, the sensations, everything that's changing, your body, in the same way you're not any of that, in the same way your brother is not a body or what it is doing, or an insane voice talking to itself, and what it's saying, or thinking, or believing, or doing. Your brother is changeless. He is this same awareness. And we can't hold our identity as awareness uh, without seeing it in all our brothers. It's the thing we often repeat here, but I am my brother is. So the peace in you can be found in him and every thought of love you offer him but brings you nearer to your awakening to peace eternal 
and endless joy. Yeah, there's one more reading I want to do. The miracle is means to demonstrate that all appearances can change because they are appearances and cannot have the changelessness reality entails. The miracle attests salvation from appearances by showing they can change. Your brother has a changelessness in him beyond appearance and deception both. It is obscured by changing views of him that you perceive as his reality. Maybe you're seeing him as an alcoholic or a war criminal um, or a murderer or any of these things. Maybe you're thinking that's what he is. But your brother has a changelessness in him beyond these appearances and deceptions. It is obscured by your changing views of him that you perceive as his reality, but it's not his reality. The happy dream about him takes the form of the appearance of his perfect health, his perfect freedom from all forms of attack and safety from disaster of all kinds. The miracle is proof he is not bound by loss or suffering in any form because it can so easily be changed. This demonstrates that it was never real and could not stem from his reality, for that is changeless and has no effects that anything in heaven or on earth could ever alter. But appearances are shown to be unreal because they change. So what we're learning, and you know, we, our metaphor has always been being above the battleground with Jesus or being in the cinema with Jesus. And as all of these passages, this is what they're talking about. You know, there is a changeless you, and it's not the thoughts that are changing, the feelings that are changing, stories that are changing, the sensations that are changing, the body that is changing, the world that is changing. Um, none of that is you. The entire course is about realizing that you can be something else, that you can go and identify as the changelessness. And when you plant your flag there, when you make your home there, no darkness can stand against it. As Jesus says, and this is, you know, this is a big metaphysical point he makes all the way through the course. He's saying, if you look with me at any suffering, pain, upset, anger, it will disappear. The minute you stop identifying as what's changing and you are that which is aware of the changing, none of the changing can touch you. So this is the quiet center. This is the stately camp. This is the changeless dwelling place. And that's inside your mind now. You do not have to go looking for it. In fact, if you go looking for it, you're doomed to never find it. Um, it is already there. And we access it through non-judgment, through looking at the changing without responding to it, without having an opinion on it, uh, without judging. It. 
That's why Jesus says, you know, enlightenment is but a recognition, not a change at all. So with enlightenment, you simply realize this is what I've been all along. I was choosing to identify with thoughts and feelings and sensations. Um, but I was always this. They were never me. The changing is never me. I am that which can be non-judgmentally aware of the changing. Okay, um, so I, I do want to um, expand a little bit on the very small little um, meditation that we did last week, but uh, would anyone like to ask any questions? Stick your hand virtually up uh, in the air and we can get to it. And Eli, is there any questions or comments in the chat? No, there's nothing in the chat. So if anyone okay. has any questions, here's your chance. Yeah, Sherry, go for it. Sherry, stage yeah. is yours. Hello again. Hello um, again. I just wanted to share with you now that you're talking about, um, you know, brothers. Um, just the other day at work, there was um, a coworker of mine who's always very passionate about politics, and he brought me over and started going on and on about, you know, well, oh, this world's going to end, and and the Democrats are messing everything up, and blah blah blah. And usually I'll, you know, debate with him and give him my point of view, but I just dropped back and I just was quiet. And I think that kind of got to him and he, I was just looking at him. I was very quiet and I got to my center and he didn't have another word to say. He just was very calm and he just, I think I stunned him and it like, maybe it got to him, but I, I was amazed how he, because normally he'd be like, well, what? You got nothing to say? Blah, blah, blah. But he was just, it was totally different. So it really, yeah. it makes a difference, really. Yeah. Um, and Jesus tells us in a lot of places on the course that, you know, what we do is we draw people into our peace. Um, and they can't help but be drawn into our peace. <laughs> they can fight it. Um, but but ultimately, all minds are joined. And so, um and so when you're in the presence of someone who is in the stately calm or in the stillness, in the silence, who's not identifying as an ego, you can't but be affected by it. Um, now, you know, we're, we're, we're learning this and we're practicing this and we're drilling this um, in order to get perfect at it. And the minute we get perfect at it, that's the end of the dream where we, we wake up. Jesus says you only have to you know, um, join one person with no separate interests and that's it, it's game over for the ego. Um, so it, it's a beginning, you know, for us to um, understand that, you know, what I am is untouchable, that I, you know, I, I, I can't be affected by anything that my brothers are doing or saying, um, um, or I should say my brother's ego or body is doing, because it's not my brother. Um, and, and I can't be affected by it because I'm not an ego or a body. Um, and then, so it's really important for us to become comfortable in that identification. And that's going to take some time to become sort of established. And then what's quite important is that we learn how to, to, to really extend the Holy Spirit. So our first job is using forgiveness to get our own 
responses, sorry, our own reactions out of the way, our own judgments out of the way. Um, and then we respond and we do that by seeing what I am as the truth in my brother. So your brother has nothing to do with views about politics or <laughs> what a body is saying or what an insane voice thinks or is verbalizing. Your brother is not that. Uh, just the same as you're not that. And so it's, you know, it's first of all, remembering what I am and then knowing what my brother is. And his mind cannot but be healed by that. You know, now he may not accept that in the moment, but, you know, in, in your world, your brother is healed by that. And really, it's just you remembering that he's only that. He can't be what's changing. And if we see what's changing in our brother as the truth of him, we must teach ourselves that we are what's changing in us. Which is the insane thoughts and beliefs and <laughs> feelings and sensations and everything else. So brilliant. Thank you very much, Sherry. Keep up the good work. Um, and like I said, the next stage is when you when you find that stillness in yourself. Because the, the ego will come in the back door and try to weaponize it. <laughs> As in, look how I shut him up. Um, and so instead, what we want to do is, um, is when I know the truth of what I am, which is the unchanging and behind the changing, um, that I extend the Holy Spirit. That is the Holy Spirit. And that's and I want to extend that and see that as the truth in my brother um, behind the changing that isn't true. Brilliant. Thanks a million for going first there, Sherry. Um, okay. Rich. We have Rich. Rich next. Yeah, perfect. Yes. Rich, take yourself off mute. The stage is yours. You just need, uh, we can't hear you there, right, Rich? You seem to be off mute, but we don't hear you. That it? Can you hear me now? Ah, yes, yes, that that. I think you've answered it slightly, but just for clarity, so sure. when you talk about the uh, battleground, the audience, the, um, uh, the cinema, that starts to emerge with practice, that's just something that slowly starts to, um, you, you know, is, is there a method for that, or does it is just something that's practiced that comes? Um, it's as simple as noticing that you are always aware of your thoughts. That thoughts are coming and going, but you're not. So, um, which was like, it was the exercise we did last week. And we're going to do it again this week. And, and that will definitely help. And, you know, I don't want anyone, you know, treating this like some kind of a test that you can fail or something like that. We'll will kill you if you try and do it that way. Uh, we really want to have this be an experiment every week. And we're just experimenting with, um, you know, um, how much more deeply we can go into an experience. But we don't want to make this about judgment and guilt and comparisons because that just means the ego has hijacked it. So instead, we want to just have this be something we're really curious about. And so... Um, See, if I say to you, Rich, um, you know, what's the part of your mind that never changes? Don't give me uh, don't give me um, words as an answer for that. I want you to go in and have an experience of it. Or if I put it another way to you, who is the I 
that was the same when you were five, when you were 15, when you were 30. You know, thoughts and feelings were different. Your body looked different. But who, who, who's that eye that's not changing? That's always there. And so as you ask yourself that question, Rich, is, is, is there an experience you can go to of that eye? Stillness, silence. Good. So that is the you that we're talking about. That's the you that's in the cinema with Jesus. Um, you know, in the beginning, it's tempting to say, well, that's just, you know, my ego with no thoughts. <laughs> uh, and it's not. Um, we'll do a little exercise about that in a moment. Um, but um, what we learn is that you don't disappear when there's no thoughts there. You just cease to be misinformed about what you are. Um, and, and, you know, it takes some time to realize that you are the stillness. You're not the noise. And our practice takes us to a place where we understand that, you know, um, Ultimately, what we are is the formlessness, aware of form, but completely unqualified or affected by the form. We are the silence and the stillness, aware of the movement and the noise, but completely unaffected by the movement and the noise. Um, and that's what we learn. And that's what the being in the cinema with Jesus is all about. It's understanding that there is a you that's not the thoughts and feelings and sensations. That's not the ephemeral. That's not what's changing. And it is stillness, Rich. And so, you know, so you're aware of that stillness in your mind. Um, and again, we'll practice this a little bit every week. Um, but already aware of the stillness, Rich, if you put your attention on that stillness, it will start to shine. It doesn't shine in the beginning. It's the most ordinary realization in the world um, that there is a me that's aware of thoughts and feelings happening. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, there is. Or that there is a stillness in my mind. Even if my thoughts, like, for example, even as I'm talking to you now, there's the stillness that's in my mind. Um, and, you know, even as you listen to me, you can be aware of a stillness in your mind, even as you hear what it is that I'm saying. Is that true? It's that simple, Rich. If you, if you hold to that, and even when your thoughts go to anger and pain and upset and judgment, for you to even just say to yourself, but what does it have to do with that stillness of the Holy Spirit in my mind? Even as the anger continues, even as the upset continues and rages, just notice that the stillness is there and that you don't want to identify as the stillness, that you want to identify as the madness. Just, it's just noticing that and just every so often going, but what does it have to do with the stillness? Now, if you apply yourself to that, I promise that stillness will start to shine as something so awesome. Um and so to anyone that's listening here live or in our podcast or our YouTube channel, um, just put your attention on that stillness in the midst of madness. Just put your attention on the stillness at the same time 
and the stillness will start to shine as an identity that is not an ego. It is the Holy Spirit in your mind. It doesn't, you know, shine from the very beginning. It, it's like it. It's just like a cumulative effect. The more you put your attention on that, and the more, the more, and just the littlest willingness to be prepared to accept that maybe I'm not the insane voice talking to itself that hates everyone. Maybe I'm not that. So, so what does this situation have to do with that stillness in my mind? Just that littlest willingness, just that questioning. Um, and I promise it will start to shine as something undeniable. Uh, it'll shine as um, <clears throat> a peace, um, a joy and a love. So I hope that makes sense, Rich. Brilliant. Okay, we can go to Kelly next. And then we have a few in the chat, but we'll let Very Kelly good. have her turn. Good morning. Good morning. Um, so I first have to just tell you, Keith, I am a Scotch-Irish Aries and uh, <laughs> right, with guys. generalized anxiety. So I can relate to you very much. And I've been listening to Byron Katie and all of um, the great teachers for years. And you have brought me through your teaching such a gift. And so now Kelly would like to talk a little bit about the last two weeks of her life. Perfect. Two weeks ago on a Facebook post, someone made a post about pets. And I made a comment that my dog was very sick. And Keith and a couple other people commented on it because Kelly needed that attention in that, in that moment. And so I feel compelled right now to show you all my little puppy who had her spleen removed before I continue. So can everybody see her? That's Gracie. Can you wag your tail for everybody, Gracie? No. So anyway, <laughs> I have fought a battle in the last two weeks. I don't know where you guys went. Grace and I have. And um, there have been moments in it. I feel this string on the top of my head when I connect with the Holy Spirit. And even in all my glory, when I was wanting to blow the roof off of the vet place that forgot my dog and didn't send her records, I felt for the first time, and I'm feeling such emotion right now, Kelly's feeling emotion, but I felt the stillness from the Holy Spirit during that. And it brought me this sense mm, of peace that I have, that was more beautiful than the times that I've had my holy moments or my special moments. And it was, I felt, I felt who I am while Kelly was in her Scotch-Irish Aries glory and fighting for her dog. And, um, and I don't think I would have gotten there without you, Keith, and so or this group or whatever. And I'm very, very grateful. And even though um, Kelly still pokes her head every day, like I'm gaining so much um, peace and understanding about my awareness through this. And I'm just ultimately very grateful. Oh, that's so brilliant, Kelly. And, 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 you know, and that's what success looks like, people. <laughs> we don't have to strangle. Yeah, we don't have to strangle the ego. We don't have to shut it up. We don't have to suffocate it. We don't have to do any of that. Good luck with it. Um, yeah. All you have to do is be willing um, to identify as something different than that. And all it takes is looking. And, um, and, and that was just, yeah, that's so perfect, um, Kelly. And so in situations like this, you know, it's it really as we fall back into the changelessness, the stately calm, the changeless dwelling place, um, really as we do that, what we understand is that, you know, I'm okay no matter what. Yeah. I'm okay now no matter what. I'm going to be okay. And no so was Grace okay no matter what. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the peace is unconditional there. 
it requires nothing of the dream um mm -hmm. so within my identification as that awareness as ken would say the decision maker was a non-judgmental observer within that identity um i require no defenses nothing nothing touches me the world can't touch me that's what jesus means by in my defenselessness my safety lies and my safety lies there because i know what i am that's why <laughs> my defenselessness shows i know what i am i'm not a body or what happens to it or what it's doing and i'm not changing thoughts and feelings and beliefs and stories and sensations and feelings i'm not that i'm untouchable behind all of it at certain so, times i just repeated that to myself i just repeated what does this have to do with the peace and love of the holy spirit in my mind and i just kept saying it over and over and over again and it um it really brought me strength and peace it brings the peace doesn't it mm -hmm. it really does just yeah. right there strength yeah and, and and the thing is it doesn't it's not like it's not like the peace you know will gallop in straight away and everything else is gone but it, but what it does is it brings the peace in alongside the non-peace and they can't coexist so that peace starts dissolving the non-peace and yeah. my investment in my defenses starts to to melt and i start to feel this lack of need for defenses in knowing what i am which is not the insane thoughts and the feelings and the sensations and what's happening with someone else's body or my body or what a body is doing to this body or, or any of that um because falling back into that i know i need to do nothing i don't need to fix a separate self i don't need to do anything in the world to be happy i don't need the world to do anything for me to be happy i come here and i do nothing and then from this place i see what i am in everyone and and that's what's healing that's what's healing nobody can stand in that you know nobody can even be on the other end of a telephone you know and and not be affected by that yeah perfect including your dog kelly yes <laughs> <laughs> Um, wonderful thank you. thank you thanks a million for that story kelly um so eli what shall we look at yes, the um, uh carol hartigan you wanted to ask keith a question so you can unmute yourself now for carol hi hi keith thank you very much um um when you said um where i am my brother is what what came for me like overwhelmingly is okay where i am my son is yes and as i told you before my son died um, yes. a year and a half ago um and I'm, I'm doing fairly well with moving into that center in that space i feel it um I felt it a lot easier when he was alive. I was able to go there and see him there when he was alive. I'm finding since he died, it is such much more of a challenge. And yeah. I I don't even know now what my question is. Um, 
Um, because I see him as so perfect. I did and I do. And yet, um, my grief is just an ending and talk about like 99% of the day. And I am able to go in that place and I am doing it. I am doing it and I am doing it. And I trust it and I believe it. I don't know if you have any um, thoughts or suggestions. Um, yeah. And sometimes right. it's getting even stronger, the, the good feeling of the yes. presence of the abstract love. In fact, this just this week after it got so devastatingly consistently horrendous, I could hardly even stay out of my bed. I felt just such a surrender of like a merging of this source energy throughout me and you know body or not it was just throughout me and I was so grateful but yeah. it doesn't stay it's not staying for any of us Carol okay so we, we all still have the guilt in our minds that makes us afraid of the light because you know when you talk about that connection with the source energy and again we're talking about the quiet center stately calm changeless dwelling place um you know there's none of us staying there all the time carol the guilt in our mind um makes us afraid of the light because you see we can stay stay there all the time there's nothing stopping us from being there all the time um but instead the guilt we haven't yet undone in our mind makes us afraid of the light and so what we do is we we jump back into identifying as the stories and the histories and the thoughts and the feelings and the sensations and and uh, and we shut out the light. And so, you know, you're not any different than the rest of us. Uh, I guess, I guess for now, Carol, it's just that when you sort of do come out of the light, um, th th there's a lot more to deal with. And so again you know what you want to do is be incredibly incredibly patient with yourself and loving with yourself uh, because I, I say this repeatedly and it's so important if your spiritual practice makes you feel guilty inadequate um or not good enough or ashamed or uh, like you're not doing it right you're not doing it properly because <laughs> all we're asked to do is look at our ego without judging it that's all we're ever asked to do. And so, again, in all these situations, Carol, we want to remind ourselves that I'm never upset for the reason I think. And so uh, I, I don't say this to be callous. I know that you're a long-term course student, and I, and I know you know this, so I'm going to say this. Uh, but you're not upset because your, your son dies. Um, that's the projection. That's the smoke screen. So the reason you're upset, the same way all of us are upset, uh, is because you have allowed your oneness with the Holy Spirit to die. <laughs> you've thrown him out of your mind and you've decided I'm going to identify as an individual. I'm going to identify as a woman and a mother yeah. um, and as a body yeah. in the world. And that's where the upset is. And then, yeah. and then instantly we do that. We go looking for something to blame. And so we go looking into something that has happened in the past, which is a death. And we go, that's it. That's why I feel bad. But it's not why I feel bad. I feel bad because I'm 
not joined with the Holy Spirit. I'm an ego. And I've plunged into the horrific, awful inadequacy and lack and need and self-hatred of separateness, uh, which is there since the apparent separateness from God. Um, and then once we do that, we go... We send out the hungry dogs of fear going, bring me back something that can be responsible for this and instead of me, instead of my separateness. I want to hold my separateness, uh, but I want something else outside of me to be to blame for how awful it is. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And can you speak a little bit more, just a tiny bit about the love that I have and had and do have with my son, John, um, that's that doesn't disappear and it doesn't need to disappear and i don't need to feel guilty about that love no it's no. just the the attachment to my peace or my feeling of that love that is distorted yeah Look, you know love is what's real you know um so you know, Jesus says, you know, I've saved all your loving thoughts for you. <laughs> um, so, you know, he's not asking us to like, you know, not have loving thoughts. Uh, he's saying, I've saved them for you. Um, you know, he says, I've cleansed them of all their errors. And if you like down here, our love has lots of errors connected with it, uh, which is that, you know, my love is for you as a body. And, you know, and that it makes a difference whether you're, whether you are a body or whether you're not a body or whether I'm seeing a body or, um, you know, or that my love is for you as something other than what I am. Mm -hmm. um, okay, yeah. And so, you. you know, love is never wrong. No, Carol, love is love is never wrong. Um, the, the clinging and the needing and the resisting and the fighting and the um and, and the pushing away and the the arguing with what is i mean that's that's what we want to be clearing as the errors but the love is never wrong thank you because it's what you are and that's what he is thank you yeah you're both the love imagining itself to be a mother and son yeah i have felt that yeah <laughs> and so your activity of believing yourself or identifying yeah. as being a woman is veiling from you yeah. the truth of the love that we all are yeah i have felt that thank you for reminding me i keep forgetting that yeah. and and any time that you feel that of yourself and you extend that holy spirit to your son remember he can't not be affected by that right because that's that's what we all need from each other is somebody else to stand before the ugliness of our ego and see the light in us and go, I don't accept that's you. I see the light in you. I don't accept yeah. your body. I don't accept that you're a certain age. I don't accept that you are what the insane voice talking to itself is saying in your mind. I don't accept uh, that you're feeling sad or lonely or depressed or anxious or suicidal or whatever else the case may be. What we all, this is what we all want to be for each other and what we're working towards is that yeah. we stand before our brother and go, yeah. it doesn't matter about the changing. I see the changelessness yeah. in you. And in doing that, I know the changelessness of myself. Yeah, and, and when I experience that, it's not only just me and him, it's everything, everyone. Uh, it's all. Absolutely. It's just, yes, it is. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. okay. um, nobody, because if love excludes anyone, it's not love. 
if I love everyone in the world except one person, um, then that's not really love. It's um, it's a cover over my hatred of the one. Yeah, so uh, love has to include everyone or it's not love. If it excludes anyone, then it's not love. It's a cover over hate. It's a smokescreen to hide the hate. Yeah. So, uh, and I again, this is something I say a lot, but it's just so important, is that our goal here is not to stay in the cinema with Jesus all the time. Um, that is the ultimate goal, uh, but that's a completely unrealistic short-term goal. And so instead, our goal is that we notice, because we're, uh, I must have decided wrongly, because I'm not a piece. So we notice that and go, ah, I thought it was a body, I was an insane voice talking to itself. Let me fall back again into the cinema with Jesus, to the changelessness. Um, to that which is unaffected by whatever thoughts, feelings, sensations, stories is going on with body. And so, again, it's not about how many times you fall down. It's about how many times you get back up again. That's where you want to be counting your progress with the course. I hope that helps, Carol. It does. Thank you. God it bless always you. does. Yeah. Oh, good. Anything else, uh, Eli? Yes. Um, this is from the chat. This is from Catherine Martyrus. I'm saying her last name correctly. Anyway, her question is, is enlightenment going back to our true nature as opposed to becoming something that we think we should be? Yeah, enlightenment, you know, because again, Jesus says enlightenment is but a recognition. It's not a change at all. So it's simply recognizing I am the stillness that was in my mind all along. I just wasn't the noise. I made the mistake of identifying with the noise, but I'm not that. So I'm the stillness. And, and again, the point that Catherine is making is good because what I am is outside of concepts of what I am. And we're, we're going to cover that a little bit in the meditation that we're going to do in a little bit as well. Um, you know, what I am as awareness is aware of descriptions and definitions that are arising and falling in my mind. But ultimately, what I am as the changelessness defies definition defies a label, defies a concept. Now, again, Jesus said in the manual for teachers, um, uh, salvation can be seen as nothing more than the escape from concepts. And the context he's specifically speaking about there is the concept of the self. Um, elsewhere, Jesus says the concept of the self stands like a shield, blocking you from the light of what you are. And so all we ever want to do is fall back from concepts. And again, what we're talking about is falling back into that which is aware of thoughts and feelings and sensations and concepts and descriptions and labels, but isn't in any way qualified by them, isn't in any way affected by them or changed by them. So I think when you've had an experience of yourself that is not the insane voice talking to itself, I would call that an awakening. Enlightenment is where I would say that you can no longer be tempted from the changeless dwelling place. You can no longer be tempted from there to identify with thoughts and feelings and sensations or a body. Now, that's my definition. Everyone's got a different one. I just find that helpful for myself. I think it's, you know, I think we need to call an awakening what it is, which is realizing that there's a me that's not 
the noise and that is invulnerable and that needs no defense. And then really that's where the hard work starts and you bring every thought and feeling and sensation and belief and concept, you bring it to the truth of what I am, where it vanishes, where it loses any power over me. So I hope that makes sense for Catherine. Anything else you like? No, now it's your turn again. Very good. Okay, so just the same as last week, we're going to do a little meditation. This is not going to be a big, long, involved one, just like it wasn't a long, involved one last week. Uh, I'm just going to maybe build on last week a little bit and spend just a little bit longer in it. Uh, if you're listening to this on podcast, then, you know, obviously don't close your eyes. And if you're supposed to be doing something like, you know, driving or operating equipment, then, you know, wait until you can give this your attention. Uh, however, you know, if you're sitting on a bus or whatever else the case may be, feel free to do this with your eyes closed or your eyes opened. I'm going to ask um, everyone who's here present uh, live right now to close your eyes. But again, if you're listening to this, you can do it with your eyes closed or open. Um, all right, so everyone close your eyes down and just become aware that the mental chatter starts up straight away. There it is. Thoughts trying to hook you, pull you in. And judgments are happening. You might have judgments about what it is I'm asking you to do or whether you like it or you don't or whether you're going to do well at it or you're not. Thoughts arise about, you know, what you're seeing now because you might see images or colors or, you know, you might um, see me or something that what I'm talking about is bringing up into your awareness. And so this is all just arising and you're experiencing it but I want you to notice how something is aware of all that chatter. And we're not at all interested in what we're aware of. That's all happening. What we're really interested in is the fact that there is an awareness of what's arising. You know, whether it's a thought or a feeling or a sensation or a judgment, just notice that there is an awareness, a beingness, an effortless awareness of the thinking, feeling and sensing. And it's just there. So we're just being curious right now about what it is in your mind that is awake and aware of the thoughts and feelings and judgments going on right now. So what is this I that is aware? What is this knowing, this awareness of thoughts that are about the past and the future? There is just an effortless awareness of the thoughts happening. And it doesn't require the thought, I see this thought about the past. 
the awareness is just there. It's already present. And just notice how intimate the awareness is. It's far more intimate than the thought that is appearing. And the thought disappears, but the awareness remains. Thoughts come and go, but the awareness remains. So what is this awareness? Just become aware of this awareness that isn't changing. Notice how there's no noise in the awareness. It's aware of noisy thoughts while being itself completely free of noise. It's aware of judgmental thoughts, but is itself free of judgment. And, you know, descriptions may arise in your, in your mind. And you're aware of descriptions arising as thoughts. But this awareness itself of the descriptions arising defies description or label. It is aware of descriptions and labels that are taking place. They are objects that it is aware of. but that don't in any way define this awareness. And this awareness is effortlessly still and silent. Effortlessly. However noisy the thoughts that shift or change, this awareness of them coming and going is not coming and going. It is always constant and unchanging in its effortless stillness and silence. It is completely unaffected by anything of which it is aware. Thoughts, feelings and sensations are coming and going, shifting and changing, doing and making, but this awareness need do nothing except be. It does nothing. And if you identify as this awareness, you need do nothing. You have withdrawn the body's value from your mind. Here is the quick and open door through which you slip past centuries of effort and escape from time. This is the way in which sin loses all attraction right now, for here is time denied and past and future gone. Who needs do nothing, has no need of time. To do nothing is to rest, as this awareness, and make a place within you where the activity of the body ceases to demand attention. Into this place, this awareness, the Holy Spirit comes. And there abides. And he will remain when you forget and the body's activities return to occupy your conscious mind. 
yet there will always be this place of rest to which you can return. And you will be more aware of this quiet center of the storm than all its raging activity. This quiet center in which you do nothing will remain with you, giving you rest in the midst of every busy doing on which you are sent. So very gently, you can bring yourself back and open your eyes. And would anyone like to make any comments or share anything or ask any questions? So if you have any, stick your hand in the air virtually. In a few moments, Rich, go for it. Um, just a quick one, Keith. When you says it will, when you say it will remain with you, do I have to invoke that, or does it just uh, emerge? I think the hardest part, um, Rich, is feeling that for the first time. So you kind of know what you're talking about, <laughs> and once you've done that you realize it's always there. It's never not there. It's the sky that's always behind the clouds. And so I think um, until we come to something like the course, we think I am the clouds and what the clouds are doing, which is my thoughts. Um, and I think we just need one moment where we realize that actually, if there's no clouds, there's still I. And that's where we realize that I am the stillness. I, I may get lost in clouds. My stillness may get covered over by the thoughts and the beliefs and the insane voice talking to itself. Um, and so I, I really think it just takes, the hard part is just having that experience for the first time. And really, you know, being able to accept that actually, even if there's no thoughts happening, what I am is here. It's perfectly peaceful. Um, and so I think once you have that realization, it doesn't ever leave you. I, I would call it a point of no return. Because <laughs> um, I can certainly say for myself that if I find myself in a situation where I'm feeling um, stressed or worried or anxious or fearful, um, I can no longer lie to myself. Because, you know, immediately I know, well, you're identifying as the noise <laughs> and the stories. Um, and you're defending illusions. And, and I can feel the truth behind that, uh, which is that I'm not this. And, um, and so I may <laughs> fall back immediately and everything disappears. Um, or, or sometimes it's going to take longer. Just depends on how much fear is coming up. It may take longer for me to let go of clinging to an identity that's not me. Um, so sometimes it might take a few hours. Um, but, but again, it doesn't matter what I'm stressed about, what I'm worried about. Um, as soon as that happens, I can no longer fool myself and go, I'm at the mercy of the world because I'm not. 
because the world isn't doing anything. The world can't hurt me. Only my thoughts about the world can hurt me. And again, I, I do know that I'm not my thoughts. I can feel, I can feel my I am constantly in my mind. Um, sometimes I'll just get lost in thoughts and I'm, I'm not going to be putting my attention on it, but it's always there. And it's the truth of what I am. It's the changelessness. It's the changeless dwelling place. And um, so, yeah, I, that's how I would sort of explain to you uh, what's meant by that in the sense that I can say for one thing, it doesn't matter who I'm angry with, how hurt I feel, what my embarrassment is. I can no longer lie to myself. Um, the only problem I have is that I'm identifying as the insane voice talks to itself and not the quiet center. Does that make sense? Yeah, thanks, Keith. Thank you. No problem. Okay, I guess so, we can go to Jennifer. Jennifer, good to see you, Jennifer. Go for it. Hello, good morning. I uh, just want the, the few words that come to mind in the whole experience is like you're totally let off the hook, that it is based, you just have your faith, have faith it's not you running the show and that that doing nothing keeps us out of trouble <laughs> yeah. following our mind is what gets us in the mix and gets us just stirring up unnecessary whatever it is so there's that lovely feeling and I just wanted to share the example that I can experience which is in my classroom of 10 year olds where uh, when I take the opportunity not to react or even engage, it is a miracle to see the way that little universe uh, runs itself. Yes. Well, it's run by God, just like I, so I'm allowing it to be run by the, the unhindered spirit, spirits in yes. these children. And the, and it just brings me, there's always going to be like in an hour, three times when the kids just come up with these amazing solutions amongst themselves and I'm off the hook. But if I had meddled, that's when I can get called into the principal sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I need to do nothing is, is one of the most important and powerful pointers in the entire course, because it is the complete relinquishment of the separate self, you know, because we we fall into the trap of going, I need to do the lessons. And how many times do I do the lessons? And what do I do in this situation? And what do I do in that situation? And we can cut all that out if we understand. I need to do nothing. <laughs> it's the death of the separate self. It's a complete discarding of the separate self. Um, and so it just brings us right back to what it is we are in the quiet center in the stately calm this brings us right back to the changelessness that is our identity behind the changing so it's very easy to get stuck in the trying to perfect the changing and we're really on the wrong track when we're doing that instead we just simply i need do nothing do you i need do nothing for my happiness i need do nothing in the world i need the world to do nothing for me i need do nothing and and it just brings us into the, the yeah the stately calm, where as Jesus says, where echoes of eternity are heard, which is the peace, joy, and love of the Holy Spirit. Perfect. Yeah, thanks, Jennifer. Um, Lois next, Eli. Yes, yes, Lois is next. You can go ahead. Go ahead, Lois.
I, I just wanted to thank you to have, to know that that awareness is always there. I have such a sense of peace right now. And I'm usually such a fidget all the time. I just don't stop moving because I think I have to. But I just wanted to thank you so much because I have such a calmness and peace right now to know that I have this awareness in me already. Always. It is just amazing. Thank you. Oh, thank you for that, Lois. I'm so pleased. That's an awakening, Lois. That's an awakening. Because you are I think the I peace. had a holy instant. Yes, yes. <laughs> so you, you, but you see, you are that peace. You're not Lois. You're the peace. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much, Lois. Where should we go next, Eli? Okay, Dan and Teresa, you can go ahead and unmute yourself. Go for it, folks. Hi there, it's Keith. Thank you very much. Um, I love this and I can't hear it enough. For I just need it just to keep coming into my mind all the time. So I so love listening and, and coming here. So thank you. I wanted to say that I was noticing how itchy I was. Um, itch, itch, itch. And then I suddenly thought, oh, that's the sensations. Yes. <laughs> a scratch here and a scratch there. So it was good to recognize, don't worry, that's just a sensation. You yeah. know? So I, I, that was one thing. And then I also remembered, like I have a, in the morning, I will say to myself, um, I am, I am spirit, I am spirit, spirit I am. So I say that and I try to, maybe this is the word, try. I try to get a sense of um, being a spirit. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I get lots of thoughts come in and <laughs> seems to waste a lot of time with all these thoughts that I've got lost in. But um, sometimes I notice that I'm worrying about my brother, my sister, the world. And then I think, well, if I'm a spirit, maybe I can go to them, but I'm not going as a body. And then what I notice is that, that once I think, think of them, then I'm not thinking of them as a body anymore. I'm not thinking of my brother as a body or my sister as a body or the world as a body and and it becomes very peaceful and is that the right thing basically i think I'm <laughs> you're definitely on the right track you definitely if you got peace going on you're on the right track you can't go too far wrong teresa um yeah i i think um i think as as we practice um the i need do nothing that my changelessness is perfect my my identity outside of concepts um then more and more we do realize that what i am my sister is and my brother is and so they are completely unaffected by what's happening with a body or even the insane voice talking to itself in their mind and that's that's the most powerful thing we can do for brother and sister is to completely disbelieve what a body is doing or how it is or what happens to it and 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 have the light in us see the light 
in our brother and realize it's the same light. It's the one light. Um, and that's what it means to extend the Holy Spirit. And, it, and, and you know, you know, the first thing is we we fall back and, and remember what I am is the changelessness. But it's really in the extension of that changelessness and seeing it as in my brother. That's the collapse of the separate self. That's the rejection of the separation. Um, because now it's the collapse of self, small s self and other. And there's just this capital S self and it's just love. And it doesn't matter what's happening in the in the dream <laughs> because this self is outside the dream. And it's what the dream is made of, but it's completely unqualified or affected by the dream. That makes sense. So you're on the right track and and just continue continue asking for help just to to collapse the the self and the other. Because you see, you're you're not Teresa, you're you're Christ. And your brother is not your brother, it's Christ. <laughs> and it's the same Christ. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you for that, Teresa. Where should we go okay. next? Okay. Kirsten, you can go ahead and unmute yourself. Oh, thanks, Eli. Um, so I just wanted to say in my experience um, lately, like even when I post and I'm like in the middle of a ego thing um in general it feels like my uh connection to our you know the right mind that you're having us fall back to it just doesn't seem so far away yeah. like it did before so that's in this these these past two um meetings of, with these meditations I don't know, it just brings it more home. Like, wow, it, do it doesn't feel like such a giant jump. And, you know, it always, I don't know, just feels Brilliant. closer. Brilliant. So thank yeah, thanks, oh, wonderful. Keith. Thank you. Thank you, Kirsten. Um, yeah. And, you know, and it's true because w when we're taking that step back and we're, we're looking at the thoughts and feelings, we're not fighting them. We're not trying to change them. We're not trying to suffocate them or silence them. We're just practicing this you know, being curious about this one who's looking and what you realize that this awareness is is close it's so close much closer than the thoughts and the feelings and the sensations it's much more intimate it's much more closely identifiable as what i am than than what it is that i'm looking at the objects so that's yeah the time yeah what are we going to say kirsten go ahead Oh, I was just going to say that word intimate. When you said that, I was like, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you Brilliant. so much. Thanks for the feedback, Kirsten. I'm glad it's yeah. um, helping. Thank you. So, Eli. Okay, we have um, Kat. You can go ahead and unmute yourself. Go ahead, Kat. Hi. Uh, thank you. For that experience of awareness, I, um, I, while we were sitting, while I was sitting, I, physical discomfort came into my, can you hear me? Yes, uh, yeah. it's, it's a little bit more. Oh, wait, 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 wait. oh yeah, I've got these, I've got these ear plugged in, yeah, so I want to That's thank better. you for the experience of, uh, awareness that you just took us through as I was sitting 
I became aware of physical discomfort, which seems to be uh, part of my experience lately. And, uh, but I experienced it as separate. Yes. It wasn't, yes, I became aware that I am not that. I am not yes. that body in, a, in an experiential way that, that is pretty fleeting. I, you know, intellectually, I get that a lot. Sure. But to actually experience was really beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Oh, wonderful. Thanks for that feedback, Kat. And that's exactly it. You know, um, you know, Jesus says, um, what suffers isn't part of me. <laughs> and that's exactly what he means. Your experience right there is the demonstration of what Jesus says in the course when he says, what suffers isn't part of me. Uh, God's son can suffer nothing. And I'm a son. Um, and so it's, it's, you know, it's the realization that the pain is an object in awareness, but I'm the awareness. And that pain of which I am aware in no way qualifies or affects what I am. So that was wonderful, Kat. That was brilliant. It's a very powerful realization. It's a revelation. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the Thanks so much for sharing. Marcia. Oh, hello. hello. Um, yeah. I, I've been noticing my noticing of things. And uh, this, these Zooms have helped me so much. I have these, inter you know, the ego will always have like blah, 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 an internal fight. I mean, if there's not a fight, I'll have one going on in my head, you know, and I'm starting an argument, imaginary argument with someone. And, and I've always kind of been aware that I do that. But now I just go, oh, look at that. You know, it, it's nothing. And the awareness, I'm just... <laughs> I'm awareness of pain, of itching and all that, but I know that's not me. So what am I trying to say? Um, I think I'm just becoming more aware of being aware. Brilliant. You know, I, I mean, I never really explored awareness before. I just always thought I was a me. Yeah. And we thought me And the me, thoughts. of course. Hmm? We what? thought the me was made of thoughts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not me. I, I know it. I don't always experience that. And then the other thing about, just real quick, I have two brothers. They're the only siblings I have. And neither one of them are speaking to me. I, I, it's as if, as if I've lost them. Um, one, it's my choice not to you know, because it's always a big fight. But his wife, she and I differ a lot in our views about things, but she and I have joined. His wife and I have joined. And I, we've joined also in our love for my brother because I do love him. But he's just incapable right now. My other brother, I don't know where he is. He just chose not to communicate with me anymore. He accused me of uh, stalking him when I wished him a happy birthday. But you know, he has this autism. They, they both have mental problems. So I guess what I'm trying to say without taking up too much time is that 
I don't, I see them as not that way. That's just the way they seem to be in the world. But in my mind, we're the same. And um, I can transfer that because Jesus said there's a, a transfer quality. When we feel it with one, we can transfer that. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. I can transfer that to the political figures that I mm -hmm. really don't like. And I also am very much aware of the fact that that's just the world. Mm -hmm. It's not who they are. It's not who I am. I'm just kind of like becoming more of a dispassionate observer of everything mm -hmm. that's going on in the world. I fall back into name calling and, 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 you know, being angry and, but I go, well, that's you forget what you real. are. Yes, we all do. We forget uh, and what I go, well, it's not yeah. real. It's it was just all a bunch of baloney mm. <laughs> it really is it's just a bunch of baloney yeah. and the only thing that is there is love so yeah you know oh I was gonna say one thing I have I've noticed that I've been getting really sleepy and really dizzy not like you want to fall down dizzy but this kind of funny feeling now that's probably the ego right throwing me a, a, a wall of resistance uh like yeah. when i'm listening to you or i just get kind of like woozy hmm. and i just want to go back to bed yeah well you know you are battling you know um you know your body is yeah, experiencing well, things true. in the world yeah. so we know that so we got to make yeah, allowances I mean, that's for that. why I'm tired a lot but yeah. but i think the important thing in your spiritual practices is that that you begin begin to notice yourself saying i'm feeling woozy or i'm feeling sleepy um so whenever i notice that i fall back and remind myself that i am not i am aware of a sleepiness i am aware of a pain or i am aware of a wooziness or a dizziness but, but what i am isn't that i'm i'm the awareness of it but it is not defining or qualifying me in any way so it's just always that falling back into what i am rather than what i'm aware of correct does and, that make sense and yes and when jesus says um in the course he says uh, i will forgive and this will disappear but he's not saying you know your headache's going to disappear if i forgive it i mean i just become aware of the fact that I think I have a headache, just as an example. Yeah, what you realize is that you haven't a headache. You might be aware of it, but it has nothing. It's not It's not what you are. And that's the darkness I bring to the light. Yeah, because what you My are belief. is completely, yeah, what you are is completely unaffected by um, pain or by dizziness, or by tiredness or by cancer or by um assault or by anything what you are that is the awareness of that is completely untouched by it it is and and i keep bringing and our, our, our one problem yeah and our one problem sorry marsh i couldn't resist mm -hmm. making it's this okay. point um our one problem is that i'm not identifying as that that invulnerable um birthless and deathless self uh, my one problem is that i've left the, the quiet center uh, to identify as what suffers right 
And the one solution to everything is to realize that what suffers isn't part of me. What I am isn't suffering. I might be aware of a pain or I might be aware of a symptom, but 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 it's not mine. Yeah. Right. It just and, and I'll stop after this observation. I, I notice, but I most definitely can return to the stately calm. I most definitely can. Yeah. And and since I am at home, I'm almost like a right now, almost like a, a an invalid. I mean, I can't really go out and do things and you know, can't drive a car. I can't so in a way it's a blessing because mm -hmm. I'm home. And I can use all this time to study and read. I'm at an age where I can realize all that's gone on in the past. I mean, I can do a life review. And 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 it's a, it's a joy to realize that all that is over, but it was never real. So I feel like I'm I'm kind of coming into a right place. But yeah. I get teary-eyed when I think of the fact that I, you know, like Jesus says, I will forgive and this will disappear. And then the ego says, well, when? You know, when is it going to disappear? I guess I guess I'm falling back in to the ego. Yeah, it's but, really hard to stay in when you fall back into your quiet center. And you've said we can't stay there, you know, uh, all day. But we will. But, we will. It's and it's right. already written. That right. that scene is shot you. in the movie. That scene is I shot in the movie. You. I do. Um, so that's there. Uh, it might be in five minutes' time. It could be in five years' time. It could be in another right. lifetime. But that scene's written. Uh, will we stay yeah. there? Um, yeah. But but again, um, you know, lots of people and lots of course teachers that I have tremendous respect for would completely differ on this. But I, I'm going to tell you the same thing Ken would say, which is that mm -hmm. it's not about because you know, as soon as you go, well, okay, I need this symptom to disappear or I need my body mm. to change. Well, suddenly you're identified as the body. Right. There's right. an investment. It says I am the body. So instead, what we want to do is we want to have the body be the, 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 the vehicle, the, the Holy Spirit's classroom, whereby yeah. it's showing yeah. us to go back to our mind and that we're not the body. And that's the lesson. That's the lesson. All things but are lessons. Isn't part of me. Right. All things are lessons God would have me learn. Yeah. And so now with uh what seems like hell is actually the Holy Spirit's repurposing of my hellish script. Mm -hmm. So you'll forgive realize, it. forgive it and realize who I really am. Through and forgive it means it has no effect on me. That's what it means. Yeah. Forgiveness yeah. means it has no effect on me. So when you're in the middle of pain, though, how can you think that it has no effect on you? Because I know it's the awareness of pain isn't in pain. Awareness is a subject. Pain is an object. Yeah. Well, so my awareness, I mean, okay, I believe you. I'm just going to keep working on it. Yeah. Yeah, I believe you. I, these are just stumbling blocks. And, yeah, no, um, it's, and it's just, it's the last vestiges of releasing our identification as a body. Yeah. Or as a separate and, self. 
that like makes it me go, feel better. Doesn't go quietly. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't. Goes kicking and screaming. Absolutely. And, um, and to know that it is the last vestiges, and yeah. and the the course from you know all that that you've said and Ken has said and the book has said, uh, and practicing it, it, it is a joy to realize that we're almost there, and but there is no there there. It's always here, here. It's just remembering and, where we are always. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it just maybe that's why I get all sleepy and I want to go back to bed. <laughs> 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 all right. I'll 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 close with that. Thank you Thanks, very Marcia. much. This is all Thank so good. Much. Oh, I was gonna just say one thing. You know, the music with, with your meditation was beautiful, but when that glory hallelujah was going on. Just personally, I found it a little hard to concentrate on what you were saying. That was last week, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just because of all the glory, glory. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not as, I know everybody loved it and I'm not criticizing. I'm just putting my two cents worth in. Absolutely, yes. That's all. Yeah, Thank absolutely. you. Okay. Um, is there anything in the chat box, Eli, before we get to Robin? Um, there is. <laughs> Uh, but if I could say something to Marcia, and I don't know if this will help you or not, but through all my coughing and whatever, and, and I get body pains, oh. and um, what I just do, and I don't know if this will work for you or not, but somehow or other, I feel myself back here, if that makes any sense, uh -huh. and I just watch, I just let the body do what the body does. The body coughs, and the body feels exhausted, and I've been through that for weeks, and it's getting better, uh -huh. but still... I just made it a practice to let the body do what it does and just sit back and watch it. That's so it. I'm it's not sure resistance. if that'll help you at all with yeah. pain, but it does. It's perfect. It it's always about non-resistance. It's like, why do I need the body yes. to be different if it's not me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Beautiful. it's just doing what bodies do. And so yeah. I let it do it. Yeah, <laughs> Whatever. what else is new, right? <laughs> not to say I didn't see a doctor or two, but still. I'm sure, absolutely. I'm going to go have my hip replaced in October. But, right. you know, I we're, still, still know I'm not a body, you know? Absolutely. So we're running right, that late. You. So let's get to the uh, chat box and then we'll do to Robin. The chat we'll draw a line under it. We'll draw a line under it from now. Under Robin, yeah. Okay, so yes. here we go. It's from Jody. The I am that which I can... Oh, sorry. Start again. I am the that which I cannot think about, says Robert Spira. Spira? And so he asks, is this right? Yeah, because again, um, salvation is nothing more than the escape from concepts. Um, and Jesus is bringing us all the way through the course. Um, he's talking about the self-concept. It stands like a shield before the truth, before the light, blocking it from our sight. And it's the light of your true self. It's the capital S self. So your activity of imagining yourself to be a little less self is veiling from you the truth of the capital S self that you always are. Um, and so, yes, we all the time want to get behind concepts. We want to be that which is aware of concepts or descriptions or ideas or thoughts. But, 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 but that which is aware um, defies a concept or a description or a label. Um, yeah, so and that's where the spiritual traditions of like neti neti or not this, not this um, sort of arises from. You, you're not trying to go looking for what you are because that's chasing after a concept or an object. Instead, you want to eliminate what you're not. And then what remains is what you are. And what remains um, is not a concept. 
It's not made out of thoughts. It, it, it just is. It's a beingness. So I hope that makes sense for Jody. Anything else there in the chat box you like? No, that would be it. So we can go oh, on to good. Robin. Robin, the stage is yours. Well, I'm kind of in shock. I've come in here for the first time and- uh, Oh, welcome. I, I had no idea I would get to talk. So I didn't prepare something, but I always have something in my mind I want to talk about. Um, I'm in my 70s. I've been on the spiritual path for 70 years. I've done over 80 paths. I've been a Christian missionary. I was a Hindu 14 years. I went to India, Bali. I've searched the world. I've done all the paths. Try to name any. I've done it. And I loved it. I got a lot out of it. I merged with God. I was in Nirvana. I've done all the things. Robert, Rupert Spira, Luis Francis Lucille, ACIM. Here's where I've landed. <laughs> I dropped ACIM. I went to even see Kenneth Wapnick because all the Zoom groups were, not Zoom groups, but YouTube groups were confusing me. Everyone was all over the place. David Hoffmeyer was even at my house, yada, yada. So I've landed at a really good place. I am in bliss all the time. I'm madly, madly, madly in love with God. And my heart is aches like being in love with a man almost when you fall in love. So I'm well grounded. I could, I'm doing everything in my life. But when we're having conversations in the background, I'm just thinking of God, my love. I just in love. I feel like I'm always in heaven, just blissed out with God, right? Now, I found your YouTube channel yesterday, and I told my husband, I've been watching, binge watching all your stuff because you have brought all the paths in my mind together like a puzzle that all the pieces now fit. And the light bulbs were going on of the simplicity and clarity. I never understood the course. It got me mad. I threw the book against the wall one time. I had to rebuy it four times, get, get rid of it four times. <clears throat> so kudos to you, I mean, uh, I've been watching all your stuff. The clarity you have is just making me so happy. My friend told me once she said, when I talk about things, she says, don't make a problem out of it. You're doing fine. You're in a good place. All is well. You've got, uh, but my question to you, since I get to ask a question, I have the feeling and maybe I should just ignore it and let, let it unfold, that I should be doing something with it. So far, all I've been able to do is just kind of sit around like a bliss bunny and stare at the walls and go, oh my God, I'm so happy that... Let me read one thing that I'm in love with. It puts me right in Jesus's uh, lap. It, it's from... Uh, Manual for Teachers, page 38, says, I am a holy son in perfect peace forever in the heart of God, here and now, just as I am. Where is the world and where is sorrow now? I mean, that 
it's just made me so happy yeah. that I'm not a sinner and I'm not, I've got to fix my, um, what's it called? The, um, the dreamer, you know, the dream character on the stage. But I would like your insight into, how can I, I don't even know how to word it. I, I think feel, I hear, I think I hear what you're okay. saying. There's something so I want to need to do with this. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I think it's very important that we start from the place that there are no problems. Okay. There's one problem, which is thinking I'm the thing that has a problem. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Exactly. And that's what my friend the... told me. She says, yeah. don't think you have a problem. I go, oh, see, yeah. Cause, yeah, because <laughs> there's only one problem. And, yeah, um, separation. And yes, it's the belief that you're a separate self, yeah. but you're not. It's like it's like that that passage has just said. You are at peace in God now, not when you get enlightened, not when you blah blah blah. Now, if you just recognize what you are, so the mm -hmm. only problem you ever have is not knowing what you are. Mm -hmm. And then from that place, then the light in me can see the light in my brothers. So I'm not agreeing that they have problems either. I know mm -hmm. that they are perfectly whole. And um, as Christ, the same Christ I am. And you see, when we let go of the idea that there's a problem, mm -hmm. and, and really that's letting go of our investment in wanting to do something to be a holy ego, mm -hmm. um, you know, then what we can say is, not my will, but thine be done. You know, Jesus tells us, I don't know what anything is for. So why would I? you know, want to do anything in the world? Why would I want, you know, how, how would I know what the right thing to do is in any situation? What, what I need to do is stop resisting the situation and understand, but it, but it, but what does it have to do with the love and peace of the Holy Spirit in my mind? And, and from that place, then, uh, it's like Jesus says, is the quiet center. And, you know, um, from here, you can be instructed how to use the body sinlessly. Now, that, that sounds different than it is. Again, we the Course uses the word sin differently. Sin means separateness. Uh, and so how can I use the body to uh, undo separateness rather than reinforce separateness um, for myself and for my brothers? And so you know, from that place where I know there is no problem and my brother need do nothing and I need do nothing. Um, then there's an, in, then if we just wait, um, there is an intuitive sense of what to say or do that can be truly helpful and loving in that moment. Exactly. I got a lot yeah. out of that. Yeah. In the moment, it will be revealed to me the next step. Or, yeah. or wasn't it in the... Manual, you'll be given the next word to say. In other words, I don't have to ask you and find out any information. In each moment, will just unreveal un itself. Yeah, just we'll relax. just do what's loving. Yeah, just relax and rest in God and let it unfold. Yeah, because if I'm not I identifying, I, I can't get to know in my rational mind oh, I should go here and be, teach this, or I should go help this person. Just let it happen, right? That might come as a knowingness out of the stillness in your mind, but it will. But but that knowingness will never come out of the noise in your head. Yeah, yes. 
So you'll never think your way towards that. Rather, it will emerge from the stillness and the peace that says there's no problem here. And from the peace that says there's no problem there, a prompting will arise. But I don't need that prompting to be happy. It's just it's just my prompting on what it is that is loving and helpful right now. Well, you just exactly confirmed what I thought I intuitively knew. I said, I don't think Keith could even, you know, another human can't give me the information. It's just going to have to, I'm going to have to just let go and let God. All is well and he's in control and for what question is there? There's no And a different question. prompting will be there with each person that you meet. Oh, yes. So it's not at all, you know, it's not at all like this is never a rule of thumb. Jesus wants us to throw rules of thumb out the window. You know, this yeah. is what you say to someone who's sick. This is what you say to someone who's angry. This is what you say to someone who's bereft and grieving. Jesus is saying, I want you to throw all that out the window. And I want you to fall back into the stillness and have the stillness tell you what is loving in that moment. How'd, how'd you get so smart? It <laughs> must, be, must be wonderful to be you. Is it wonderful to be you, Keith? My last thing I wanted to just throw in, you know, my favorite lesson in the course is, is it 189? I forget. Way at the end, we said, okay, now, what should you do next? Forget this course. Forget every concept yes. you've ever thought. And I go, okay, well, I'm just going to not do the course, and I'm just going to do this lesson. Yeah. Just, and, just and, relax and, and forget that. You yeah, it's the what you are is outside of concepts. And so all you ever have to do is be <laughs> the noticer, be the witness. It's kind of uncomfortable, though. Like you said, you have to practice it of just the not being in the place of not knowing, being comfortable with that. Always with not knowing. We we really need to accept I don't know what anything is for. It's such yeah. a powerful step. And when we give up the, the, the need to know what anything is for, um, yeah. you know, so it's not only just going, I don't know what anything is for, but it's like letting go of the need to know what anything is for. It's like I'll be told what I what I need to hear in the moment. Yeah, perfect. Thank you very much, Robin. Well, thank you for letting me share. Thank you, everyone. Pleasure, pleasure. I'll never ask it. another question. That was it. I got it. Thank you. Thank Good. Dan and Teresa, you snuck in at the very end. <laughs> this is, can, oh, no. Um, you, it's okay. If I can interrupt for just one minute, Go because ahead. I, I missed um, Nikki Hansen. This was a half an hour ago. She put this okay. in the chat and she, she reminded, pointed out to me, but she had to leave. But she asked if you would please make a clip of this this meditation that we did. While you're making the clip of a song of prayer, you know, from La, you, you said you're going Very to try. Good. So she's asked if you could make a mini Perfect. clip of I okay, will. So that was I will. Yes. And we'll do, we'll, we'll bring it a little bit further every week is my plan for it. So we're just gradually introducing ourselves to it. But I, I promise I will do that. Guys, thanks a million for your attention this week. I hope you got something useful out of the Thank session. You. And yeah. whatever you do for the rest of the day, um, have that awareness present in your mind. Thank Thanks you. Everyone. Bye bye. Okay. Thank, Thank you. Bye. Love you all. Bye now. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.